Hey, James, welcome back. It felt like we haven't talked in forever. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a while. It has been a while, man. So uh, let's inter- welcome everybody to our special edition of the NFL and NBA and MLB podcast on the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Laura Antonio. Today uh, is today. My guest today is a weekly analyst who has been with me before. Uh, James Fitzpatrick is back with me for a special edition of our of this podcast talking about the MLB, the NFL, and NBA. So let's first things off. We're going to start talking talking about the MLB and preview the 2019 season for uh, the uh, Dodgers. So, uh, so James, uh, let's analyze what's in store for the Dodgers start in, in the 2019 season and preview their pre- spring training game against the Chicago White Sox and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So let's start off with the Dodgers-White Sox Cactus League game. Okay, so um, I think it'll be interesting to see who they decide to play. Um, I haven't really looked at it too closely yet. I th- I'd imagine they're probably going to go more like with prospects and younger guys and just work in the veterans and the starters as the spring goes on. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm interested just to just watch them play again. It's been a while since we've seen them, so I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, and uh, let's talk about some biggest offseason moves for the Dodgers. And obviously, adding A.J. Pollock was one of the biggest moves that they got. And then David Freeze stayed, then Clayton Kershaw stayed, Hunjin Ryu stayed, and also adding Joe Kelly to that back end of the bullpen. So, which was your favorite offseason move for the Dodgers? And which was, and which do you think was a bigger offseason move for the team? Uh, for me, I'd say... Well, I'd say, like, mostly, like, for the new additions. I think, like, keeping Kershaw probably was the biggest. But for me, I'd say it'd be – it's kind of a tie between A.J. Pollock and Joe Kelly just because I think Joe Kelly was the bigger need just for their bullpen because I think, like, their bullpen, that was kind of hurt them as the season went on last year and then into the playoffs. So I think Joe Kelly, he'll be a really nice setup man for Kenley. So I was really happy that they were able to get him. But then I also really like A.J. Pollock, too, just because – at the start of the offseason, he wasn't really someone I thought the Dodgers were even going to look at, really. I kind of I thought, like, Harper was really the only guy they'd maybe look at. But even still, like, I didn't really expect him to come here unless something crazy happened. But adding A.J. Paul, I, I think I am kind of more excited for him just because I think we'll be seeing him more often than Joe Kelly. Given that A.J. Paul will be an everyday player, most likely. But I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh seeing though he's been in the same division with the Dodgers, like kind of know what to expect from him. Hopefully he can stay healthy though. But yeah, I'd say those two, those are who I'm most excited for. For me, uh, my favorite signing this offseason for the Dodgers is adding Joe Kelly because we needed that consistent setup man in the back end of the bullpen. And I do expect Joe Kelly to be the guy in the eighth inning with uh, Dylan Floro, the guy for the seventh. Yeah, I do too. I th- yeah, that was something that they did. They did lack some consistency in that area. So, uh, I think it will be really good. Hopefully, it all works out. I believe it's going to work out. It's it is. But let's talk about the dumbest offseason move for the Dodgers. And uh, obviously, uh, we want to recognize my f- best friend who I've known for a long time, Whitney Maggie. If she is if she is listening to us right now, she could one hundred percent agree with this. And that a lot of Dodger fans were so displeased in trading Yasiel Puig to the Reds. And I thought I didn't want Puig to be traded at first. But 
the front office decided that it was about the money and it's a whole, it's a business and all that. So I think that was the dumbest offseason move for the Dodgers to let go of Yasiel Puig. And my friend Whitney would agree with that 100%, which he has before. But if she's hearing us right now, she would agree. Yeah, for sure. I have to agree with you, too. I think I don't really think any of their offseason moves were overly dumb, but I would agree with you. If I had to pick one, it definitely would be Puig mostly. Uh, I mean, even just, like, looking at photos of him online, the Reds uniform and gear, it just, like, looks really weird. I don't know why, but... Like, I've been so used to seeing with the Dodgers, but, like, I get what you're saying, too. It is a business. I completely understand the decision why they want to trade him. But I, I also think one thing that may hurt the Dodgers is just Puig, like, chemistry-wise. I thought that he was just someone that was just really good to have in the locker room. Like, you know, he had, like, a couple issues here or there. And, like, I think it was um, two – I forget when it was exactly, when he got sent down to the minors and then that whole issue. Like, I know he did have, like – some problems here and there, but overall, like, I really liked him. He was great for the Dodgers, but I, I, I can't understand why they got rid of him. So, like, I don't know, like, but I do understand why. Yeah, I miss Puig and Kemp and Alex Wood and Kyle Farmer, but especially Puig. You got to miss Yasiel Puig on that part for sure. But, I mean, I think this clears up log the outfield logjam that I think we were looking to have. I know having too many good outfielders is a good problem to have, but we had to somehow clean up our outfield log jam. No, yeah, definitely. I think so, too. I think because uh, now at least Verdugo, he's pretty much guaranteed, I think, to be on the roster. And then um, I think Tolls also. I know, like, he hasn't reported his spring training yet because of, like, personal reasons or something like that. But I'm not sure if he'll end up making the final roster or not. But if he does, he's another guy that, like, he can now get some playing time instead of being in the minors for pretty much the whole year. Absolutely. So, um Let's break down our breakout players for the Dodgers in 2019. For me, I have three players that are going to break out this year. First is Alex Verdugo. The second is Walker Bueller. And the third is Julio Urias. Okay. Mine are actually pretty much the same. I have Bueller, Verdugo, Urias. And I also mentioned uh, Kyber Ruiz. I don't know if he's going to get called up at all this year, but if he does, I think Maybe someone to look out for. And then also Dennis Santana. Again, I don't know if he's – he probably won't be on the Ross this year, but if he ever does get a call up, I think he like even another guy to keep an eye on. Absolutely keep an eye on Dennis Santana. I view him as a starting pitcher for the Dodgers going forward as a guy like a number four, number five guy in the rotation. So I, I think Dennis Santana has the potential to be a very good starting pitcher for the Dodgers. And – uh I, I'm going to review with you my starting unit for the Dodgers. So I think with the catching position, it's going to be by committee with Russell Martin and Austin Barnes. So the starting infield and outfield is set for me. So starting at first base is Max Muncy. At second base is Chris Taylor. At shortstop, Corey Seager. At third base, Justin Turner. And the starting outfield group will feature Alex Verdugo in left, A.J. Pollock in center, and Cody Bellinger in right. Yeah, I have the exact same starting lineup or like the starting positions for me too. I think I think those are pretty much all set. Um, and yeah, I think because I I have some seen some excuse me I have seen some things saying like Barnes is gonna be the starting catcher, where others say Martin will be the starting catcher. Uh, if I had to predict, I think it'll probably go to Martin, but I could see that being split pretty evenly throughout the year, possibly. I see that. I see a, a lion's share split between Russell Martin and uh, Austin Barnes at the starting catch at the catcher position this year. But I do expect uh, Russell Martin to be the opening day starting catcher. Yeah, same here. I think he will be too. 
So now that being said, let's predict the 2019 opening day lineup for the Dodgers. So I have leading off and playing second base is Chris Taylor. Batting second at shortstop is Corey Seager. Batting third, the third baseman, Justin Turner. Batting fourth, the first baseman, Max Muncy. Batting fifth, the center fielder, A.J. Pollock. Batting sixth, the, the right fielder, Cody Bellinger. Batting seventh is the catcher, Russell Martin. And batting eighth in left field, Alex Verdugo. Uh, Maya is pretty similar. I have all the same positions, too. But for me, I got hitting first. I got Chris Taylor. Hitting second, I got Corey Seager. Hitting third, I got Justin Turner. Fourth, I got Cody Bellinger. Fifth, I got A.J. Pollock. Sixth, I got Max Muncy. Seventh, I got Alex Verdugo. Eighth, I got Russell Martin. And ninth, I got Clayton Kershaw. I have that I have that too, but the reason why I have Verdugo batting eighth is because I know he runs very well, and the reason why I have Martin batting seventh is because I expect this Dodgers lineup to be a balance of right, left, right, left, in the combination of how Dave Roberts constructs his lineup. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, yeah. That's why I had that that way. And, uh, and, I, and obviously expect Clayton Kershaw to be the opening day starter, and I do expect Alex Verdugo to be the starting left fielder. Originally, I had Cody Bellinger in left and Alex Verdugo in right. But since then, my mind changed, and I had, and I switched the, I switched them in starting corner outfield spots. So that's why I have Cody Bellinger in right with Alex Verdugo in left. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing as you because once they had signed AJ Pollock, I assumed Cody Bellinger wasn't going to be their center field everyday center fielder. Then, like I thought it would, they were going to put uh, Verdugo in right and then Bellinger in left, like you said. But I guess it's the other way around. I've been reading more things online too, saying that. Cody Bellinger's going to be playing right field, too. So it looks like that's probably what's going to happen. I agree. I now expect Cody Bellinger to get the majority of the starts in right field. He'll play some center field, and he'll play some first base. But expect Cody Bellinger and Max Muncie to be in the lineup every day. And then I expect Kike Hernandez to get in some starts as well against lefties. Like, say that since we're going to ease Corey Seager back, expect uh, Kike Hernandez to get some starts at shortstop as well. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he'll be their best player coming off the bench, too, this year. With uh, David Freeze, who I'm happy to have back. and But at the same time, I'll tell you, to repeat again, expect Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy as everyday players for the Dodgers in 2019. Yeah, definitely. They're going to need them, especially. I, I think they are, too, like their best power hitters as well. So they'll need them for their home runs. Yeah, they do, for sure. But do you agree with me about Alex Verdugo starting in left field over uh, Jack Peterson? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I think Verdugo, just with his age, I think it's key kind of now just to give him some playing time because he's kind of proved everything in the minors. And I also think he deserves it as well. Like, I think he even could have technically started last year, but they just had so many outfielders because, like, like we've mentioned, that they, they had Kemp and Puig and those guys. It looked like in the playoffs they were relying more on Peterson come that time. But I do, I do think Peterson will still get some starts out there. But I think as long as Verdugo just plays – as much as we th- plays as well as like we think he is, I think he's most likely going to be getting the majority of those starts. So on days when Pollock rests, I would expect Jock Peterson to go to left field, and then Cody Ballinger slides from right. Verdugo switches from left to right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they could also put Kike Hernandez out there too if they needed to. Yeah, but like when it comes to opening week, 
And when it comes to the Dodgers facing the Diamondbacks, obviously Zach Greinke is going to be the opening day starter. So Corey Seager will be in the day one lineup for sure. But when when Robbie Ray goes on the mound, then I kind of expect Corey Seager to sit this one because the goal is to get him fresher and fresher and get him 100% since he's just coming off that elbow injury. So expect Kike Hernandez to start at shortstop on night two of that series. When I look at their schedule, when I look at their first four games of the 2019 season. Yeah, I can I can see that. I think it would be nice to give Corey Seager some rest in the beginning, just so they don't overdo anything or even risk him getting hurt again. I don't I don't think the Dodgers will over will risk him in the beginning of the year. I do think he's going to get starts against righties for sure, but expect Seager to be in the lineup every day. But I I, I think expect Corey Seager to sit or get some days off a little earlier against left some left-handed pitchers, like yeah, I, starters. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Like, like have him sit against Robbie Ray. I would have him start against Bumgarner for sure. Wait, sorry, what was that? I could I could think my mic like cut out or something. The the point I was making is that when I look at the Dodgers schedule against the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks will mostly have right-handers starting, but Robbie Ray I think will be the only lefty that will start. So just expect Corey Seager to get that night off so that Kike starts it short. And then if it's a game, if it's a series that features two lefties in that series, then you can have Seager start one and then have him rest until like June or July. Then you can have him, then you can have him in there every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see. I mean, there, yeah, that that actually makes sense. Yeah. That way they can just kind of like ease him into the season too, just so he's all comfortable. That's what I meant to say, but I do, but I, I do expect Corey Seager as our everyday shortstop. But yeah, I do too for sure. He's one of their best players too, so he'll he'll be there once everything's good. That's something I'm looking forward to seeing when the when the Dodgers begin the 2019 season is the return of uh, Corey Seager. Oh yeah, me too. I actually did miss him last year. It was weird not seeing him out there. It was weird, but you know, but but I'm excited to get Corey Seager back. With that being said, let's talk about our reaction about Manny Machado joining the San Diego Padres. In my revised standings in the National League West, I have the I have a three-way tie of third place with the Dodgers and Rockies in second, and I have the San Diego Padres finishing the season with an 82 and 80 record with the Giants finishing 82 and 80 and the Diamondbacks finishing 82 and 80. So, the Padres will owe the tiebreaker over those two. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see because the way I looked at it is I kind of compared the Padres to what the Orioles looked like when Manny Machado was there because it looked like they're on, like, similar positions. But I just thought that, like, the makeup of their teams, like, the directions, they were kind of similar. Um, I don't know if they'll get the division. I mean, I am kind of rooting for them just because, like, they haven't really been that great in a couple of years now. I like to see them get back to being good and competitive again just for, like, not only their team, but their fan base too, because I kind of feel bad for them. But uh, yeah, I actually was, I wasn't totally surprised they went to the Padres just because I had been hearing more reports about the Padres getting interested. And I think it kind of turned into, he was just going to sign for whatever team offered the most money, which I guess was the Padres. I don't know if like the White Sox offered him over the 300 million or not, but yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to help out the Padres, especially this year. And he's definitely going to help accelerate their rebuild. Absolutely. So on my uh, projected NLS standings, now that Machado is a Padre, I have the Dodgers in first place finishing with a 108 
and 54 record. And then the Rockies with a 91 and 72 record in second place, but just barely missing the playoffs. I, and then in third place, the San Diego Padres with an 82 and 80 record, the Giants with an 82 and 80 record in fourth place. And in last place, the Arizona Diamondbacks with an 82 and 80 record. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually agree with those predictions. I think the only thing I'd maybe consider is maybe flipping San, San Francisco and San Diego. But I mean, if San, if San Diego doesn't have playing really well, I, I could see them taking that third spot. I think, I think the top of the West will pretty much be between, I think the Dodgers will end up winning it, but I think it's going to be between the Dodgers and Rockies. And then I think the Diamondbacks probably will come in last place. And then third or fourth is going to be pretty much between the Padres and the Giants. And the reason why I say that too, is because with the Padres, I think they're going to be a, be- a very good hitting team this year. And I also think they still have a very fairly decent bullpen, but their rotation still needs work. No, yeah, definitely. The rotation is kind of their biggest question mark for me. I actually do really like their offense. They got a good lineup now. Now that they have Machado, and yeah, it's gonna look good for them. I think I think they'll actually be a decent team pretty soon. I do think the Padres. Now that they added Machado, they're gonna be a top five homer team along with the Dodgers and also with the Reds and the Rockies. Yeah, they definitely could because Machado and the Yankees and too. I'm forgetting about them. I think the, I think those are the top five homer teams this year. Yeah, yeah, Padres could definitely be up there. I could see that happening for sure. So, um, with that being said, um, let's talk about our official predictions of the 2019 MLB awards. So, I'll run with it, run with, run it with you quickly. Um, NL and AL Rookie of the Year: Fernando Tatis Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Jr. NL and AL Managers of the Year, Dave Roberts and Kevin Cash. The AL and NL Cy Young Awards will go to Corey Kluber and Clayton Kershaw. And the NL and AL MVPs will go to Corey Seager and Alex Bregman. Okay. For me, I had um, excuse me, I had American League Rookie of the Year. I got Vlad Guerrero Jr. The National League Rookie of the Year, I got Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, American League Manager, I got Rocco Baldelli. Uh, National League manager, I got Gabe Kapler. The AL Cy Young, I got Corey Kluber. NL Cy Young, I got Max Scherzer. AL MVP, I got Mike Trout. And then NL MVP, I got Nolan Arenado. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Arenado would be a, a good, I mean, a good candidate for that. But I kind of see it being like, you know, I mean, I just think this is the year that Corey Seager will win the National League MVP award, and I think this is going to be a very good comeback season and all that. And um, with that being said, before we uh, before we uh, before we talk about the other ten teams that we're going to talk about, looking forward to watching in 2019, other than the Dodgers, let's reflect on some of the law, the pioneers of the game of baseball that we lost in the last week. In the last few weeks, one of them was Don Newcomb, former Dodger pitcher, passed away. On Tuesday morning, thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family, and also losing Frank Robinson. Yeah, Frank Robinson. They were, I mean, they both were incredible players. I I don't know Frank Robinson. He had matched. He uh, managed the Nationals a little bit a couple of years ago, which is pretty cool. I thought um he was an incredible player. Same with Don Newcomb. Uh, it's really sad they both lost them both. Yeah, it was. They both lived very good lives and all that. But now. Uh, with that being said, uh, reaction to uh, let get give me your reaction on 
Bruce Bochy retiring as the manager of the Giants? And who do you think is going to replace him as the manager of the Giants? I think Hensley Mullen should be the, the next manager of the Giants. Okay. Um, I actually don't know who the next manager would be. I have to look at it. I don't really know off the top of my head. But um, I'm not too overly surprised. I mean, he's had an incredible run with the Giants, getting them to three World Series championships. And uh, they, the Giants were kind of weird because, like, during that World Series run, it was like they were really good one year, and then they weren't really that good another year. So that was just, it was kind of, like, inconsistent. But, like, they did get those titles. So that's all that really matters. But, uh, yeah, I'm not overly surprised with the direction the Giants are going in. They're kind of, they're kind of like rebuilding, but they also have some pieces like Posey and Bumgarner, uh, Brand Crawford, guys like that that are all pretty good right now. So, I uh, they're kind of a weird team for me. Like, they could be good, but maybe not. So, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It is a little sad seeing him retire just because I've been seeing so used to him being in the Giants clubhouse. But, I mean, he's had an incredible run with them and. Yeah, it's been nice for them. Absolutely. It's for sure. Uh, it's for sure on that part. And uh, by the way, um, I do think that it's a foregone conclusion that I do think Bryce Harper and uh, Craig Kimbrell will be members of the Philadelphia Phillies. And I also believe that Dallas Keuchel will stay with the Houston Astros. Yeah, I think Harper is good up with the Phillies, too. Uh, Kimbrell's the biggest one for me that I don't know where he's going to go because I know because obviously he was at the Red Sox and I guess the Red Sox are kind of out on him like I know the Braves were potentially rumored to bring him back but I don't I, I think the Phillies that'd be a nice landing spot for him and they've made a ton of offseason moves so if they can get him I think they'd be all for that and then I agree with Keiko going back to the Astros I think his market hasn't really panned out the way that he expected Oh, I'm not, I'm honestly really surprised he's even still on the market. But yeah, I cause I think he's probably gonna go back to the Astros or I don't know what other teams, but I think he probably just end up signing like a one year contract and then maybe just seeing what happens next offseason. I do believe Keiko will stay with the Astros. I do think Craig Kimbrell will sign a a cheap deal with the Philadelphia Phillies and Bryce Harper is gonna sign a big deal with the Phillies. Yeah, I, th- I think all of them. I, mean, I don't know about Keiko. I know Kimbrell and obviously Harper. They've been like demanding a lot of money for their contracts. But Harper's the one I'm obviously most uh, excited for. I, I think he is obviously going to end up with the Phillies. It's more so like the numbers, like what actually will happen when he signs. Absolutely. So now with that being said, let's talk about our top 10 teams that we're looking forward to watching this year, other than the Dodgers. So for me, the first team I'm looking forward to watching this year in 2019 is the uh, San Diego Padres. The second team I'm looking forward to watching this year in 2019 is the Cincinnati Reds. The third team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. The fourth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the uh, Washington Nationals. The fifth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the Texas Rangers. The sixth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the uh, Chicago White Sox. The seventh team I'm looking forward to seeing is the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. The eighth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. The ninth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the St. Louis Cardinals. And the tenth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the defending World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Okay, nice. Um, I actually got a couple of similar ones than you. Uh, for me, number one is the Blue Jays. That's just 
that's kind of biased though because they're the team I watched the most after the Dodgers. Uh, the number two, I got the Padres. Obviously, Machado going there. He's one of my favorite players in the league, so I'll obviously be excited to watch him there. Uh, number three, I got the Yankees. Number four, I got the A's. Number five, I got the Reds for all their former Dodgers players that they now have. Uh, six, I got the Braves because Josh Donaldson, when he was on the Blue Jays, he was one of my favorite players in the league. So I'm excited to see him there now. Uh, number seven, I got the Twins. Eight, I got the Rays. Nine, I got the Giants. And ten, I got the Nationals. And the reason why I said the Rangers is because Chris Woodward's the manager of the Texas Rangers. And I do believe that Chris Woodward's going to do an amazing job with the Texas Rangers, even though he was our old third base coach for the Dodgers. But I do believe he's going to do a great job there. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be tough with the Rangers roster now because I know like Adrian Beltre just retired this offseason. And they look like they're also headed towards a rebuild as well. But, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how we can do with that team. And hopefully they can be successful. All right, so um, my final MLB thought is that I do believe the Dodgers are going to be the best team in baseball, 108 wins. And I also see the Boston Red Sox, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Houston Astros also being 100-win teams too this year. All right, nice. Uh, for me, I'm uh, mostly just mainly excited that spring training is finally here. Uh, it wasn't really too, too long as an offseason as I thought it would be, but I'm just happy it's back now. I'm looking forward to seeing where – like Harper, Kimbrell, Warren Gonzalez, and Dallas Keuchel end up signing. And then, yeah, I'm just just because we're obviously Dodgers fans, we're just really excited to just be watching Dodgers baseball again. It's been a while. It has been a long wait for Dodger baseball to be back, and I'm looking forward to uh, watching their game on uh, Saturday against the uh, Chicago White Sox and also Sunday against the Angels. So quickly – uh, before we end this, I do believe Saturday will be a bullpen game for the Dodgers against the White Sox, and then I expect Ryu to start on Sunday. Okay, yeah. I'll definitely be looking forward to seeing those. So that Kershaw starts that next – that like that whatever that Monday is when they play the Cubs. I would want expect Kershaw to get the start then. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. If you know what I mean. Because I want the Dodgers on, on Saturday to use the Rays strategy. Start Singrani for one inning and then hand it over to Ross Stripling for the for innings two through six. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad idea, too. Especially, like, for the beginning of spring training. Just to, like, get the pitchers some work in, really. Absolutely. So, we're going to take a quick break, James. And when we come back, we're going to do an, a Super Bowl 53 recap after the break. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> 